And before we start this episode today, I want to talk about Christmas and whether or not you've been to like a Christmas party, because I know your parents are in the corporate world. And if you haven't, how was your Christmas? Uh, My Christmas this year was good. I just spent it with my immediate family, which was nice. But I have never been to an office Christmas party. Both my parents have in the past. And actually, something on my bucket list is to go to a formal Christmas party, just because I feel like that would be really fun. And I'm sure I will at some point in the future. Yeah, I was watching some YouTube videos, actually, from, like, an event planner and looking at, like, fancy parties and stuff and that's definitely on my bucket list too to go to like a fancy party maybe Christmas party but um yeah my parents are not in the corporate world so I have not been to an office party but my Christmas was pretty low-key my grandparents live in Florida and Japan so obviously I wasn't seeing them but it was still fun That was really fun going to it last year, and I did miss that. So this episode, and then Schmidt is talking about how he dresses up as Santa every year at his corporate office party because he's a biz. Is he a businessman? I don't know what he does specifically, but I he works at some company, and Mm -hmm. it's all women except for him. Yep, and he says that he undermines and controls his coworkers when they get drunk and whisper what they want. And Paige. I think that this is, obviously Jack wouldn't be doing this to that extent, but this is something that Jack would try to do. I was just thinking that. Um, So Jack is my younger brother, and I think I mentioned before, maybe when like the first episode, how Jack, my younger brother, reminds me of Schmidt, and I'm just waiting till he gets in his 20s, and we'll see. I'm thinking the correlation's going to be strong then. Yeah, and... It's just strange because, as you've said before to me, Paige, Schmidt is a really over-exaggerated character, but yet Jack resembled the resemblance is very uncanny. Yeah, my brother Jack, he's a very interesting character, and yeah. just like Schmidt in a lot of ways, I can't quite describe it. I guess you just gotta know him, right? Yeah, I remember during the summer he had his um, Sour Patch Kids business, right? Oh, this yeah. was back, like, back in the winter oh. of, like, 2019, early 2020. My brother was selling candy, like Sour Patch Kids and Jolly Ranchers, at his school, which I don't think was allowed. <laughs> and he, like, basically hired his friends, and he'd give them part of the money to, like, go distribute them. And he'd, like, prepackage them the night before, and he'd keep them all in his Chromebook case. Wow, that's a businessman in the making. Yeah, but here's the here's the best part. He he actually made a decent amount of money. I think he may have made like fifty or a hundred dollars. Wow! And but then he spent it all on restocking his candy supply. And then March thirteenth hit, and we yep. were all out of school. And so he was left with no money. <laughs> and we just have two huge things of Sour Patch Kids and three big bags of Jolly Ranchers. And so. Yeah, he just has, like, candy for days. Yep, I remember us all sitting uh, in your garage and eating those because we had he had so many. Yeah, so that reminds me of something Schmidt would do. Definitely. Yeah, like, in the past, I think, two episodes, it was, I think, Bells or the one before that, 
but he bought this really expensive platter of sushi and he was trying to get the guys to chip in some money so that it wasn't just him paying for this. Yeah, so definitely something that Schmidt would do. Yeah, so back to the episode. The whole premise was all around this Christmas party at Schmidt's work. Yeah. And Schmidt had to dress up as Santa and basically his boss was like bossing him around. There was so much going on at this Christmas party. Yes, there was. So first, one thing that I thought kind of caught my eye or I was, I didn't remember this happening, but hold on. So Susie's at her shoot and Schmidt bought her a gift and he got her perfume called Cecilia Number no. 5. And he put so much effort into this and I don't know, this is a guy who's got it bad. Like he's making perfumes for Cece. So yeah, I think it just shows like the multiple layers to Schmidt. Like yeah. on the surface level, he looks kind of like this douchebag who is very like self-centered and mm-hmm. only cares about money. But like he really does care about Cece and his roommates. And I yeah. think you see that throughout the episode. For sure. And while this is going on, so more on like the gift giving kind of theme, Paul and Jess are going to do a gift exchange and he gets her two tickets to Vienna and all she got him was an anatomically correct heart of a non-smoker. And then Paul says, I love you to Jess. And she says, thank you. And not, I love you. Yeah. It's not really a great situation, but it's kind of surprising. They'd only what been dating for a month and he got them plane tickets across the world. Yeah. Exactly. That was definitely a big gesture. And, um, and then what happened after that was Jess and Cece are in the bathroom at this Christmas party. And she's upset because Kyle's being a jerk. And at the same time, Jess is stressed because of the whole gift giving situation. And she doesn't feel like she gave as good of a gift as um, Paul gave her. And Cece says quietly, too, that Kyle didn't even get her a gift. And then sprays on Schmidt's perfume and then starts violently coughing because it's so disgusting. Yeah, I think something kind of starts to click in Cece's head in this moment that, like, well, first of all, Kyle is not really a great guy. He, mm-hmm. And I think she does see how much Schmidt actually cares for her. Yeah, and I definitely think that she's probably realizing now that she picked the wrong guy. You know, Kyle's not the one for her, so... Yeah, there's probably some regret there. Schmidt and Cece are talking, and then Schmidt says that he doesn't actually like being the dirty Santa. (laughs) And Cece then says that if he doesn't say no to this role, then people are just going to see him as, quote, a pretty face and a good body. Yeah, of course Schmidt liked that uh compliment, but... Yeah. Yeah, Schmidt's ego probably loved this. But this is also probably Cece's, like, moment of admittance. Like, is she flirting with Schmidt? Yeah, I think that this, just after the whole scene with Jess and Cece in the bathroom. Yeah. It's kind of clear that something's starting to click in Cece's head that, like, maybe she has feelings for Schmidt. And it's just very back and forth with them all the time. Yeah, it is. Because I remember during the Thanksgiving episode, there there were some feelings for Schmidt from Cece, I think. But now I think they're starting to solidify more. And yeah, like you said, it's definitely very back and forth because this whole time she's in this relationship with Kyle. So it's a little bit confusing. I was just going to say how I remember before the Christmas party, they were talking about how they're going to have like a great time. And like 
have all this fun before everybody goes off um, their own way for Christmas. And it's just funny because Schmidt's not having a good time because he's being kind of like bossed around by his um, co-workers and his boss. Um, Cece and Jess aren't having a great time. They're in the bathroom having boy issues. And I don't really know where Nick is during this time, but Winston, Winston, I think he did make a connection with that kid, which is kind of cool. Yeah, he did. Nick, wasn't Nick um, at one point stuck with Paul and Jess? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Then... Now I remember where Nick is. He and Paul end up on the balcony. Yep. And Nick, from Paul's body language, thinks that Jess has broken up with him. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. So instead of Jess telling Paul, Nick told Paul. And then he tried to, like, cover up for it and take it back. It just wasn't working. And, yeah, obviously Paul was very upset. And then just kind of Jess walks in on Paul and Nick hugging (laughs) because he's upset. And Jess gets really mad. Yeah, it's funny, Jess and Paul's relationship, because Jess even said it herself that she's always the one who loves more. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like, yeah, that is Jess's personality. She's very, like, friendly and open and just, like, loving towards everyone. So you would think that she would be the person to have, like, stronger feelings in a relationship. So Mm -hmm. the fact that she didn't, I think it was right for Paul to kind of be like, if you're not having these feelings for me, you know. Yeah, then we're probably not right right for each yeah. other. Yeah, like he set boundaries. And I mean, I think that's important. Yeah, I respect that too. You were talking about Schmidt having a bad time because of all these female coworkers bossing around. and But Schmidt actually stands up to Kim and says that he's the best employee and he doesn't want to do this anymore. And he actually takes Cece's advice. And yeah, I think it's important to stand up for your... Yeah, I mean, setting boundaries is important. I think that that... It wasn't really, like, meant to be a theme, I think, in this episode, but you kind mm-hmm. of see it. I mean, Paul kind of set a boundary, like, look, like, we can't be together if you're not having strong feelings for me. Um, same thing with Schmidt to his boss. What was her name? Kim? Yeah, Kim. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That is a good theme. Yeah, that's definitely... Oh, yeah, Winston's also here, partly because he was offered incentive because Winston's jobless at this point. So he needs to make some money. And this is a perfect opportunity for him to like network more and, you know, make connections to people. So, and he did that with this kid, Elvin, who you were talking about, Paige. And he, Elvin's this shy kid. And I think he has trouble talking to people sometimes. So I think yeah. he's very shy. He and is, Winston yeah. was able to connect with him, which is sweet. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then he got offered a lot of money to babysit him by his mom. So. I think one of the funniest parts was that Alvin kept calling Winston LeBron. Yeah, I wrote that down. And Winston too. was, I, you could just see on Winston's face, he was like, hmm, like, this don't feel right. <laughs> but hey, he's calling me LeBron. Like, that's kind of cool. But this don't feel right. Like, yeah. That back and forth. But it was just, that moment was kind of funny. That was, yeah. I thought that was funny, too. And then... We also learned in this episode that Nick's supposed to be flying home to meet his mom. And they live in Chicago, I believe. And so he's supposed to be leading and doing that. And every single year, it's mentioned that Nick misses his flight or he's late to it every single year. And he promises mom in the car, like, I'm not going to be late. This is going to be the one time I'm on time. But Nick turns the car around as they're driving home 
or no, as they're driving to the airport so that they can see Candy Cane Lane, which is this, um, this like light show that goes on in this one neighborhood that Jess is really excited about, but she didn't think that they would have time to go because of Nick's flight. But yeah, he turns around anyways. It, for as much as he thinks he wants to get home, he doesn't really want to get home. He doesn't. Yeah. But I don't think they really ever elaborate on that. But my favorite parts of the episodes are always the end because they always end with this, like, sentiment of friendship. Yeah. And doing, like, even crazy things like yelling at the houses to turn on their lights. Yeah. At, like, what was it? Like, 2 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. And because they care for a friend. And that, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, you want friends like that. Yeah, it is cool how they're willing to go out of their way and kind of sometimes get out of their comfort zones to do things for their friends. And yeah, they were yelling at 2 a.m. throughout the whole neighborhood to turn on these lights, and <laughs> they did, so that was cute. Yeah, and then like near the end, like you said, it pans to them standing there, and they're just standing in the midst of like this really lit up pretty show, and it was kind of a heartwarming scene, you know, Nick? Misses his flight, but I think he feels like it's worth it for sure. Yeah, I just, the thing I really like about this series is that no matter what happens, they always sort of end on this positive note of friendship. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool. It's like, if I'm not, if I don't have three roommates in my 20s who will do this for me, then I don't want it. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. Like, this is, their friendship is just wholesome yeah i feel like that wraps up what was it episode nine yep that wraps up episode nine and now we can talk about episode 10 which is called the story of the 50 and before we start this one too because this one's like about birthdays um i was wondering Paige, have you had any fun or memorable birthdays in your past uh yeah i feel like i don't think i've ever had like a bad birthday most of them are just pretty like casual celebrating at home but in eighth grade mm-hmm. I did go to Chicago for my birthday I think that one is memorable yeah and you got to go with your friends right yeah so all I used to play soccer and we had this little friend group so me and my mom went with like the other daughters and their moms and it was it was a fun time yeah that sounds really fun I remember the time that I went to Chicago with my family and it was fun and do you have any memorable birthdays? I do. I have, well, I've had a lot of memorable birthdays, but in the past, like the one like big one or the biggest one that I can think of is probably when, um, I forgot what year it was for. I think it was like in 14th or no, it was when I was a high school freshman. So when I was 15 and I turned 15, I think, and my mom surprised me with tickets to the Taylor Swift Reputation Tour, so that was that was really nice, and I didn't see it coming at all, so yeah, I think I just sat there in shock, and for a minute, I thought it was a prank, because my dad <laughs> likes to play pranks on me a lot, so I didn't quite believe it, but that was very fun, and I'm a huge Swifty, so I appreciated that very much, and it's a memory that I'll always have. yeah I feel like birthday surprises like those type are really nice yeah like you know actually I forgot um 
when I didn't know I was going to Chicago, just like you didn't know you were going to the yeah. Taylor Swift reputation tour. So I feel like birthdays are a time when like people like to keep things a secret and then surprise you, which is cool. And I think we see that in the episode. Yeah, we definitely do. Okay, so this episode opens with Schmidt arguing with the roommates over putting $50, $100, or $200 into the D-bag jar. And it's, for those of you who don't know, I guess, I don't know if I've ever talked about it before, but the jar is this thing that's pretty much exclusively Schmidt. So whenever Schmidt says something that's kind of um, a, like, douchebag thing to say, he's supposed to, they all yell jar and the amount, and then he'll put that money into the jar. And I think they just use this for, like, eating out money or stuff like that, little things. But he was putting this money in the jar because he said he lost his party bus and he couldn't get another bus and (laughs) yeah that's definitely like a very schmidt thing to say and like just like wait does he have to put money in the jar for that i think that they just talk about the jar for the entire app yeah they talk about the jar for the entire episode and then it's the thing at the end that that they reveal jar oh yeah like okay yeah because fifty dollars is a lot to put it in a jar. Yeah. Because Schmidt usually puts like a dollar, five dollars. So really? The whole I think he's yeah, put twenty the... in there. Okay, occasionally, yeah. but I feel like most of the time it's like one dollar or five dollars. Mm-hmm. The but basically the whole episode is this build up where we're like, wait, what did Schmidt do that could be this bad that he had to pay fifty dollars yes. in the jar? So yeah, it's the thing at the end, which we'll get to. Yep. That made him yeah have to put money in the jar so for some context it's schmidt's 29th birthday party and this is the year you know he's about to go into his 30s he wants to kind of end it on a high note end his 20s on a good note and schmidt's really upset about the fact that he lost his party bus now he has to make new plans he had this whole like big celebration planned and he's worried about how he's going to seem to benjamin and his friends who were invited to this and benjamin is this guy that he knew from college i'm pretty sure and they have this very like passive aggressive relationship they're not as close as the roommates are but somehow they're still kind of like fr- they're frenemies basically yeah schmidt described him as a frenemy and benjamin does not like schmidt can sometimes seem like not a good person but deep down he, he is. is benjamin's just not a good person oh yeah i completely agree and then nick um, I think he was asked to, or he feels pressure to throw Schmidt a party because Nick's known Schmidt the longest. They're obviously really close, but Nick says that he cannot throw these guys a party because they're just on a whole different level than what he's used to or who he likes to associate with. Yeah, I think Jess sort of made the initiative to throw Schmidt a party, which is sweet and... Mm-hmm. I think then the next scene was her, like, going through the confiscated um, supplies at her, not supplies at her school, the confiscated items at her school. The yeah. Yeah, and then that ends up to one of the other, like, teachers getting invited. Yep. (laughs) Tanya, yeah. And, um... Oh, yeah, and also a pretty big thing that happens in this episode is the fact that Nick has a date julia and she's a lawyer and so they kind of get into that conversation of him quitting 
law school. And he also says that he hates lawyers as he's talking to a lawyer. So I don't know. But she didn't, she wasn't insulted by that. She just found that a little bit funny. And Nick and Julia kind of hit it off and they're talking and she's wondering where he lives. And Julia meets all of the guys and the roommates and Jess at the loft and she's invited to the party. Jess invites her, but Nick's embarrassed by them. He's not happy about this. No, it's clear from the beginning. Like, I think there's a common theme. He's embarrassed of his friends. And the funny part is Julia wants to get to know them and she likes Nick for who she is. She doesn't want Nick to be some lawyer who doesn't like to go out and have fun and doesn't have, like, she likes that her, his friends are kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying at times? Yeah, and, I think she does. And, I mean, this 29th birthday party, like, interesting things are going to happen, so Nick just keeps getting more and more embarrassed, and I just wish I could, like, shake him and say, just, like, calm down, dude. Like, she likes you, you know? Yeah, throughout this whole episode, he's just really tense. He keeps on lying about who he knows. And as, like, they're about to get on the party bus, he's telling Julia about how the only person he knows at this party is Schmidt. And he's only here for (laughs) Schmidt, and that's it. And this is, of course, as Benjamin comes up to Nick and is like, yo, Nick, what's up? Or something like that. (laughs) How's your family in Chicago, Nick? Yep, (laughs) yep. And he's like, oh, family in Chicago. How do you know about them? He just tries to play it off like he doesn't know who he is, but... Yeah, he's definitely trying to, like, hide his his friend. Yeah, he's trying to hide yeah. his life, which is, like, you don't want to start yeah. a relationship on that foundation. No, you don't. And that's just going to get you in a deeper and deeper hole. And you're not going to – it's just going to be a big fight, obviously, when they find out that you've been lying about something as big as, like, your immediate circle. So, yeah, we yeah. – I think – we should back up in, like, the start of the party. So, basically, Jess gets this bus, the school bus, to replace Schmidt's mm-hmm. party bus. And she, like, decks it out. It does look really cool. I mean, Jess put a lot of time and effort into it, which yeah. is so sweet. But it's, I mean, that's who Jess is. And so Schmidt is really excited, you know. And, of course, mm-hmm. all of the same people show up, like Benjamin and those people I feel like Schmidt has like two types of friends he has like his roommates and those like nice friends who actually care about him and then he has Benjamin in that group where it's like Mm -hmm. it's more for like social status and based on like history than anything else yeah and before they got on the bus they had this bro juice (laughs) which Nick was the inventor of in college and so they're all chugging the bro juice and this is kind of when I think Nick opens up a little bit more to Julia because Julia is joking around with him. He's like, oh, you're the inventor of bro juice. I didn't know this about you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he steps up and then he chugs some bro juice for Nick out of tradition. And, yeah. Yeah, I think that this is the part where, like, Nick kind of finally relaxes. And Mm -hmm. basically... He keeps telling Julia how, like, he's not, like, this is who he actually is and, like, that he thinks she's perfect. And I think we have, before we figure out or reveal Julia's secret, we have to talk about the whole Schmidt, Benjamin, Jess little thing. Yes. Yeah, she's in, like, anger management 
counseling or like something in that realm and she's working on it but you know sometimes it gets the best of us and it did here for Julia unfortunately so yeah I mean then the bus crashing leads us into the big thing that well I've forgotten about at this point we started talking about the douchebag it. that's you know that was the whole thing Mm -hmm. yeah so the bus crashes and then all of them so Nick, Julia, Nick go off in a taxi. Um, Winston and I think Winston, the, they all go home and go their separate ways. But Jess and Schmidt, I forgot why they were the only two left there. They're probably I just like waiting the for the bus. They, yeah, yeah they're, they're waiting. They're waiting for something. And they're just there and they have this cute moment because Schmidt is kind of like, thanks, Jess. No one's ever done this for me before. And this is really sweet. And yeah, they have this cute heartwarming moment. But then, Paige, do you want to say what happens? Go for it. You can go ahead. But then, Schmidt leans in for a kiss with Jess and ruins the moment. Ruins the heartwarming moment. And rewatching this, too. I don't know how I forgot this, but I completely forgot this happened as well. But I don't know what he was thinking. (laughs) I think Schmidt was just... I think he was kind of, in a way, overwhelmed, but, like, in a good way. Because... Again, nobody had ever gone out of their way to really show that they care about him this much. I mean, he was th- all throughout college friends with people like Benjamin, you yeah. know, and they're not going out of their way to like lift Schmidt up and like, I don't know. And so I think Schmidt was honestly just confused. He was like so appreciative for Jess and he was like mistaking these feelings for this and he could have thought, I mean, he probably had some stuff to drink and. Maybe yeah. he thought that, like, wow, like, she did all of this for me. That's kind of nice and just got overwhelmed in the moment. But that is the douchebag jar moment. <laughs> yep. And how much did he end up putting in the jar for this? $50 in the jar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it says $50. Jess wanted more. Yeah, Jess did want more. And $50 is the most ever that has been put in this jar. And then this episode also ends with some of Schmidt's... Um, best jar jar moments and one of them that i picked up on was darn it i can't find my driving moccasins anywhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah schmidt would have a dry driving moccasins (laughs) only schmidt yeah yeah but i think that pretty much wraps up the last episode right did we get everything i think so okay so thank you so much Paige, for being on today's episode and Love to have you back next week, too. Oh, yeah, of course. I always love some good new girl talk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.